Hey there, welcome to Disco in the Library, where I and some featured guests will be covering many different topics to assist and help you grow at Southern Ohio Medical Center. We hope that you learn something along the way. I am your host, Megan Gladel. Let's dive into this episode. Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. Um, this episode we are discussing substance abuse, um, which also goes into drug diversion and a few other things. Um, we're welcoming back Steely Jordan and Sarah Blankenship. And so if you guys don't care, just for maybe some of our new listeners to just introduce yourselves to us again. Sure. So, hi, I'm Steely Jordan, Employee Relations Specialist. Um, I've been with SMC for about a year and I take care of kind of I'm involved in all things employees and relationships so um, if employees have concerns if managers have concerns if there are situations going on um, it I pretty much I don't know from day to day what that will look like so if it involves an employee I very well may be involved (laughs) and I'm Sarah Blankenship I'm the manager of employee health and wellness and I've been with SOMC for about six years I've been in my current role as manager of employee health for five years And we take care of anything health-related for employees, so everything from the new hire onboarding physical process to um, health-related compliance events and our wellness programs. Um, Okay, so let's just go ahead and dive into the questions that we have for today. So substance abuse, as my understanding, is kind of like this over umbrella of a couple of different things. Um, and so can you guys kind of talk about what a substance abuse issue might look like on an employee basis? So there are a couple different categories. There is, of course, the employee using substances that are banned from SOMC, um, such as it can be everything from illegal substances um, to prescription medications that aren't prescribed to them and aren't meant for their use. Um, it can be alcohol on the job. Um, and then you talk about the drug diversion side of things, which is anytime you're taking a medication from the hospital that's not intended for you. So taking from a patient, taking from the, the medication machine, the Pixis, or um, using any medications that aren't prescribed to you. So. Um, and so how can like a fellow employee, um, what are some like cues that they can be picking up on if, if they're suspicious of maybe another employee, um, you know, dealing with substance abuse or even the drug diversion side of things? I think this is um, something that people typically don't pick up um, initially because we, we tend to make excuses or um, we kind of brush off certain signs that we might be picking up on um, in the beginning. So it could be anything from um, changes in their personal appearance, um, behavior changes, their mood might be a little bit different. Um, There are obvious things that we think, so, you know, I can smell alcohol on you or I can smell other substances on you maybe, um, or you're stumbling or falling. And those are the obvious ones that we feel like that's what we're going to see, but it doesn't always look like that. And typically it presents itself in these smaller other little changes, um, that differ from how they normally would appear or behave. Um, and you kind of have to, 
I don't want to say play detective, but you're kind of putting those pieces together like, ah, you just looks a little bit different. Your mood seems a little bit off. You don't seem on top of your game as much um, as, you know, I've seen in the past. And it's like kind of um, all of those pieces put together and you're like, ah, something's off here. And we just ask, I mean, if you feel like that or something just seems a little off, you know, talk with your manager about it. It might be, you know, they might be having a personal situation at home and it's nothing, or you may be helping to save their life um, if they're, you know, dealing with a substance abuse issue. Yeah, I would add to that um, some of the signs that we've experienced in prior situations with drug diversion is um, non-compliance with some of the policies we have in place. So a lot of the policies we have are for the safety of our patients, of course, and for the safety of our employees as well. And things like our wasting policy for medications. If you have, you, you know, we want to make sure we're compliant with that. And if you have an, a coworker or someone who's saying, you know, hey, I wasted this, but, you know, do you mind to just go in and co-sign with me? That That's a big red flag because that is a safety mechanism we have in place. Um, to make sure that medications are, are being disposed of properly and not being used for purposes that they aren't intended for. Um, and even things such as, you know, making sure that the order is in the machine. So there we have emergency situations in nursing, and I think um, those who work on the floor are, are aware of situations where you may have to do an override in the PIXIS, but that should be a rare occasion. Um, and so if you see patterns of, you know, someone overriding a, a medication when really it's a situation where we could have gotten the order in there for the pharmacy first, um, that's another red flag that we've seen in the past. And, and that's putting the patient at risk because it's not going through the proper safety mechanisms. And it's also putting you and your coworkers at risk if you are not following those, those precautions. So I think um, in listening to you, Sarah, it kind of brought to you, um mind a situation. So pain management. Um, if an employee is like when they're on their shit on shift, their patients seem to um, have higher level, like higher pain levels than what other shifts have observed. And you kind of start to see that pattern. There might be, there may be something going on there. So it, I mean, if a patient had a, a low or a moderate pain level for the other shifts prior to, but then you come on and now their pain is at this really high level and we're seeing that across multiple patients or multiple shifts that you work on, that might kind of be a red flag, like, hmm, maybe, maybe something else is going on here. And I think we had a situation not too long ago that kind of had a similar um, circumstance and that was one of the things that they picked up on. Yeah, I think one of the the important things with those discussions is just that they can be very subtle signs and um, I encourage employees if you see those signs and something just seems off or something doesn't seem right, um, do speak up about it and, and know that it will be you know, investigated and handled properly, that we're not out to accuse anyone of anything or, or, you know, point fingers or get people in trouble. That's not what this is about. Like Steely mentioned, it's really, you know, you could be saving a life um, and it, it's good patient care to make sure that we're, we're following all the guidelines. So, so with that, um, if an employee, you know, does recognize that they're Coworker, whoever, or or maybe even a leader, um, is it's you know showing these signs. Should their leader um, 
that is above them be the first person that they go to about this? Or should they be contacting um, you or Steely? Or should they be contacting security? What does that kind of look like? What's the most appropriate um, course of action for an employee if they want to speak up about this? Um, there's multiple means of reporting it. So you, I mean, who you're comfortable going to, if, if you, we certainly encourage people to talk to their leaders if they want, but if you're not comfortable going directly to your leader and you want to contact Steely or I directly, that's perfectly appropriate as well. Um, we do have a hotline called the helpline that's 740-356-HELP on the keypad and that can be used 24 7 so you know leaders aren't always here um, uh, at certain hours or on certain days and if you didn't know who to go to or you're not sure who the next person to contact is you can call that hotline it leaves a message it does sound out a blast page to multiple people on the team that handle these situations so um, you'll get in contact with someone who can review the situation with you and, and take the next steps that are appropriate. So. Um, so if a leader is notified of, you know, that there might be some drug diversion or some substance, substance abuse among one of their employees, um, what would their course of action look like? Would it be the same, just coming to you or Steely or reporting it on the helpline? Um, so we, we always encourage them to contact the helpline in these kind of situations just to notify the correct people. And we will walk them through a process. We have forms um, that help you kind of detail what your concerns are. Sometimes it's hard to articulate what's going on because we mentioned some of it's pretty subtle. So it walks you through several questions. It's called a reasonable suspicion checklist that says, you know, has the behaviors changed? Has their appearance changed? Um, are there any documentation concerns with medications? Things like that. Some of those red flags that we're looking for, it helps them kind of parse those out and document that so we can review the situation with them. That, um, that checklist I think is really helpful for managers because like I said, sometimes it's hard when the signs are subtle or um, when you don't realize how many signs maybe have been going on for a period of time. And so I know that I personally have um, worked with the manager and just ask, go ahead and fill it out and, and kind of just notate anything that you've observed. And in doing that, they're like, man, there, I think that there might be some concern here. I didn't realize until I started writing all of this down, how many kind of signs or um, concerns that, you know, we do have here. So that checklist is really beneficial for, for managers. And so what would it look like um, if an employee was to be, you know, reported as being that person that is either involved in substance abuse or drug diversion? What does that process look like on their side? Um, so first of all, we're going to talk to you first um, and just see what's going on, what kind of... Um, situations might be leading to the behaviors notified. So that's why we like to collect that checklist first as we can identify what those concerns are and it can go multiple directions. So sometimes there's, you know, very different reasons than we thought of for the symptoms that we're seeing or the behaviors that we're witnessing. Um, and so first of all, we just want to talk and figure out what's going on and what concerns there are and how we can help with those. Um, with these situations, anytime there's a high suspicion of 
substance abuse, either alcohol or drugs or non-prescribed medications, we do perform a urine drug screen at that time. So um, just because there, it can clear you if there's if there's not any substance abuse, then we've got that documented that we've we've addressed that situation, we've clarified and made sure that there's no substances in your system. Or if there are concerns, then we can identify that and take next steps from there. But um, one of the things I really want to highlight with this situation is I have been very impressed since I've been in this role with how our human resources department handles these situations, and they are truly out for the best for the patients and the best for the employees. So a lot of people are scared, you know, if I, even if I self-report that I've got concerns, I mean, we have had situations where employees have come to us and said, hey, I'm struggling, I have this problem, and I just want to be honest with you. We want to work with you. We want to help you. And it's not going to be an automatic, you know, you're terminated. We we have processes in place that can help you get through this struggle and get the help that you need. So, I think just from an HR perspective, um, just to piggyback on what Sarah mentioned, I think that it really is important for employees to know that we are here to support them. And um, you know, if there's an issue there are some options that, you know, would be available to them and some resources that would be shared with them um, to help them to get through situations. And it doesn't mean that there's not some accountability um, for, for choices because obviously there, there will be, but everything does not lead straight to termination. And I feel like there is a fear um, with that. Um, and I also, I would just kind of, and I've said it before in, in other um, episodes, but confidentiality is a really big um, component here as well. And so, it, you know, employees fearing that we're going to share that or, or, you know, spread that around or that their team members are going to know. And that's just not the case. We really keep these things confidential and um, only those who absolutely need to know will be involved and be aware of what's going on. Um, and so hopefully that also gives, you know, folks some more confidence, I guess, to come forward or to share or to be open about, you know, if they're struggling or not. So. Yeah, yeah I was going to um, tack on to that. You know, what if somebody is, you know, their fear is of the retali retaliation that might come back if they do report a fellow co-worker or a leader um, and it sounds like based on your answer, Steely, like because things are so confidential, that fear should not be there. They shouldn't have to or they don't have to worry about that. Yeah, you definitely. I mean, it would be crazy to say that, you know, someone will never be retaliated against. But what I can say is that we take that very serious and we do not tolerate retaliation whatsoever. Um, and something that I always try to communicate is that everyone here has a responsibility to report concerns or safety issues and things like that. That's what we all are responsible for doing. Um, and so when our team members do that, we have to appreciate that they did that and it might not feel good in that moment, but ultimately we have patients to care for and the safety of our coworkers and, you know, visitors in the hospital is very important to us. And so things like this have to be brought forward and we'll provide the support that we can, but um, we are not going to tolerate retaliation because that, I mean, that's when you care for someone and you want to see them be successful and be healthy and their best self, sometimes that comes with difficult conversations. And I think this is um, one of those examples of when that might happen. 
Um, so can you guys share just some tips um, or just some things that employees um, or even leaders can do to hopefully prevent, um, you know, drug diversion or substance abuse um, in the workplace? Yeah, so I think a lot of that goes back to the systems that we have in place to prevent these things, such as our wastage policies, our medication prescribing policies, um, how you get your orders and things like that, how you dispose of medications, and just making sure that we're following those properly. I think a lot of time policies get you know they're they're kind of a checklist item to to do but there there's a lot of thought that goes into why these policies are the way they are and and we might not always realize the reasons behind why they were developed and how they were developed but they're they're there for our safety and for our patient safety so making sure if you see breaches in those policies that someone's not being compliant with them that you speak up about it and um that we're making sure those safety precautions are in place. So. I think um, definitely kind of picking up on those early signs is important, but also just being compassionate. I mean, most people don't end up in substance abuse issues because they just want to be under the influence. Typically, there's something going on in you know their personal life or something else that they might be struggling with, and so you know getting them connected with the right resources and the right support early can make all of all of the difference for them. Um, and just you know hopefully that they, they know that between employee health and wellness and HR and hopefully their manager as well. There are folks here who, who do care and who want to help them um, in any way that we can to prevent them from kind of going down this path. Um, so I think that those things hopefully can help. Yeah, I think it's important to recognize, you know, this can happen to anyone. Um, and healthcare in particular is a, a industry that we see high rates of substance abuse for multiple reasons. It's a high stress field. Um, you have access to these medications in a way that most of the public doesn't. And so, you know, it is a high risk area and we realize that it, it happens. We want to do everything we can to help those um, who might find themselves in that situation and, and get them the resources they need. So. Okay, great. Well, I think um, we covered a lot of information and hopefully all of the information was very um beneficial to somebody listening or um, an employee or maybe even a leader here um, that hopefully they're not suspecting anybody of this and but hopefully we've given them some skills and some tips in place that if if this situation were to come up they can kind of refer back to this so thank you guys both again and um, we'll catch up with you guys on the next episode thank you thank you